Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. So good to have you here with us today on episode 317. Got another awesome show for you as we are continuing our series on student success stories here at the Speaker Lab. So today we're going to be highlighting one of the more interesting folks we've had on the podcast. We're going to be talking with Rain Bennett. Now, Rain is a documentary filmmaker. He actually recently added speaking to his portfolio for a few different reasons we're going to talk about in this conversation. One of the things I really enjoy about Rain is he, he found a way to take a problem that he's experienced in his own career, how to tell great stories when you have limited time, money, and resources, and he turned it into an opportunity to get paid by helping others who have that same problem. So how did he go from doing a free event in a library basement to doing a national keynote in less than a year? How important does he think it is to let the world know that you're a paid speaker? And why does he feel that being a great speaker with a disciplined work ethic isn't enough to have a successful speaking career? We're going to answer all of those questions and more in our conversation. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with documentary filmmaker and Speaker Lab student, Rain Bennett. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we're talking with Rain Bennett, who is a, a student of the Speaker Lab uh, and has been seeing a lot of success lately, even in the midst of uh, COVID land that we are in. So, uh, Rain, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. So, why don't you, first of all, give us a little snapshot here of who do you speak to? What's the problem that you solve? How much speaking are you doing? How does speaking fit into your world today? Sure, absolutely. So, I'm uh, a documentary filmmaker. That's what I've done for 15 years. And, and basically what that means is I have had to figure out how to tell good stories when you don't have a lot of time, money, and resources, right? right? Often none of those things. And so I had come back from making um, my labor of love passion project that we, we were able to sell in 2017 and realizing all these skills and this knowledge I had learned. And I also realized that a lot of people are suffering from the same issue. We had this whole new class of entrepreneurs and meet you know content creators that are struggling with time, money, and resources. They're being uh, you know pushed to have to create good, consistent content on the you know in the long term, mm -hmm. and they're struggling. They don't they don't they don't have the time, money, and resources. And so what I do is help them understand the simple storytelling tactics they can use, especially from a documentary filmmaking perspective, to to keep it simple and do that make impactful video stories that they can connect with their audience with. How I, you know, who I generally speak to through that lens happens to be communication directors and marketers, often associations, right? People who are trying to grow their communities. Uh, initially for documentary filmmaking, I started off with nonprofits, people who have a message or a cause they're trying to share mm -hmm. and they're trying to either get people to sign up for their events or, or donate to their, to their funds or something like that. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And so how much speaking are you doing? Are you doing this more as a, uh, my goal is to go speak, collect a check and that's kind of the end of the transaction or is it more for, um, is it connected in any way to the documentary filmmaking that you're doing or are these two totally separate deals? No, absolutely. Wholeheartedly. Um, so the goal was, uh, you know, I was struggling as an artist to go from project to project and start from square one each time. Yeah. When I saw that there was this gap to fill and this, this, this community to, to help, uh, that's what made me start leaning into speaking. I realized that speaking could allow me to get in front of more people and, and impact them on a, in a deeper capacity, right? So generally what happens is I go speak and then often I may get hired from a person and their company who is in attendance to do a workshop or to create a video project for them. Because even though I've taught them things throughout that keynote or that break, break, uh, breakaway session, they still may not be able to, to, to take the task of creating a 10 minute documentary or a five minute documentary or a video series for their company or organization. So they, they go hand in hand a lot. So a couple of years ago, I started a new business called six second stories to help people use these storytelling tactics in short form video to communicate their, their marketing messages. And so at that point it was like, I really need, I knew I could be a speaker. I've, I've grew up in musicals and plays. I knew I could like be on stage. Sure. But when I saw this opportunity to impact the people I was seeking to impact in a deeper capacity, that's when I leaned all into that. I'm still very new to the speaking world. Uh, how often I was speaking, you know, it's funny because we have to kind of clarify here, like how, how much am I speaking? How much was I speaking before March, 2020? Sure. And how much or what kind of speaking I'm doing now, which we, there's definitely an answer for that uh, as well. So I was just starting. I I got my first non-paid volunteer-based uh, speaking gig in October of 2018. It was in a workshop, a nonprofit workshop in the basement of a public library for about 15 people. Nice. Um, but yeah, and then since then, I've in in less than a year was doing national keynotes, not consistently. So I my plan is what I was trying to do before everything went upside down this year was to make that more consistent, which is what led me to the speaker lab and uh, the book booked and paid to speak course. Yeah. Gotcha. So at this point, uh, how much speaking you mentioned? So that first gig was, uh, I mean, at the time of this recording less than two years ago in the, yeah. the basement of the, of the library there, how many gigs since then have you done? Um, ballpark, how much revenue have you generated? What, what does that business look like? Right. So, um, the, the thing I was struggling with most is it was hit or miss in less than a year. I went from the non-paid basement of public library gig to $10,000 for a, a national keynote. Wow. That was amazing. Right. Feel really great about that. That wasn't consistent. And that's what I was, what I was struggling with is okay. Okay. This is great. This was a great weekend. How do I make this happen once, twice, three times a month? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I still, I was probably doing one a month at that point. And then the beautiful thing about any of this is it all comes back to connections, right? And so, as we already said, sometimes you'll be, someone in the audience may hire you for your, you know, your business to do what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also you'll see people speak like, oh my God, that was great. You got to come speak, uh, come speak at my event. And so opportunities started to arise. Some of them were webinars. Some of them were digital summits. Some of them were workshops. Some of them were other keynotes. And so I continued to do that. Um, so the amount of money I was able to generate speaking was, was pretty good to, to, for a beginner in his first year to add to what he was already making. Yeah. 
what really came from it was the the I guess residual income or the or the the income that came in from that speaking gig. So not directly from the speaking fee, but that someone would t- talk to me, see that I could show and prove that I knew what I was talking about and that I could help them, and then hire me for you know a ten or twenty thousand dollar video project. Right. So that's where where it really it really started to come together in a in a you know, helping my revenue out in a, in a serious way. And then I was like, okay, well, this is, this is where I want to lean my, my energy. in. so at this point, just, you know, I did the calculations, just, you know, anything that came from speaking gigs or the speaker's fee itself, I've generated about 60, $60,000 at this point. And we're at about 25 or, or so 25 to 30 speaking gigs. And a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with, a big change that I made this year in the current pandemic client that, uh, climate rather that we're in. And we have opened that loop. We're going to close that in a minute. So hang, hang tight with us for, for that. Sure. Uh, Cause I don't know where that's going, but I'm curious. So I'm curious though, let's go back in time though. So you, um, you were a documentary filmmaker. Were you doing that full time or is that just kind of a side yeah. hustle? I, I started, I graduated college in 2005 and 2006. I started my production company and have been doing that full-time ever since any particular like genre of documentaries yeah i'm glad you asked that because it leads me to to really where i am now but it always tended to fall into the health and happiness space is what i call it health and wellness so my uh personal projects were always about health and that could be environmental social community health or physical health yeah and then my clients uh being a documentary filmmaker a lot of them happen to be nonprofits. so i was doing a lot of uh, uh projects, documentaries for cancer foundations and, and things like that. So I always found myself in this health and wellness space. And what's funny, Grant, is that when I was a kid, I was an athlete and I was an artist and I yeah. fought so hard to keep those, you know, two identities separate and compartmentalized because I didn't see anybody that was both of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I fought that for my whole life until about 2017, where I realized I did a lot of self work and had some coaches and mentors. And I realized, Oh, it's actually a really unique intersection, right? That's a really niche path, a health and wellness filmmaker. Why have you not been leaning into that? And as soon as I did, that's when things started to click. That's when opportunities opened up and maybe my vision opened up and I was able to see like this, this group of people that I could help based off the skills, knowledge that I had built up, you know, bootstrapping documentaries for 10 years. Right, right. So you're creating documentaries and you mentioned like part of the reason that you started to be interested in speaking was some of it was networking and some of it was perhaps lead generation. But there's obviously there's, there's a lot of different ways that you could network or, or generate leads for your business. And so what was it about speaking that you felt like that really checked some boxes for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think we all know if anybody is a speaker, like it's a rush. Like my job as a documentary filmmaker is to tell human stories, right? right? And I really gravitate towards heartfelt, poignant human stories. It's all about people, man. It's all, I'm all about people. And so I can't lie, like I, I love seeing someone being able to unlock something or go to the next level. I've all, I mean, when I was in the fitness space, I used to teach people, uh, no matter what thing that I'm able to grasp, I've always been able to convey it. That's a skill set that I've had no matter what the the topic is. And I enjoy seeing people go from one to two, two to three. But to be honest, like it's, it is that human connection being on stage. 
and eyes on you. And then afterwards people coming up to you like, Oh my gosh, that made me, that made me think about my dad. And you know, that was amazing. Like Mm -hmm. that moment of human connection, this is what storytelling is all about, right? Like we're emotionally connected on a heart level and a head level. It's a buzz, man. It's, it's, it's a rush. And, and I just, I, I love, I love people that sounds so like broad and cliche, but like I'm, I'm here to fight for those that need help getting to the next level. Sure. So as you are, uh, and as a quick side note, I, I would think that being a, a documentary filmmaker, a filmmaker of any kind, uh, helps to, helps you to tell better stories from stage and helps you to craft and create a, a talk. Cause you know, the kind of the emotional journey that you want to be able to take an audience through. And I guess the, one of the unique things about being a speaker is that whenever someone's watching one of your films, most of the time you never get to see them watch it. You never get to see their reaction. I don't know. Are they laughing? Are they crying? Are they yeah. annoyed? Are they disappointed? Are they paying attention? Uh, but whenever you are giving a, a live speech, you get that real time feedback immediately. So do you feel like being a filmmaker has helped you to become a better speaker? 100%. I mean, absolutely. You understand the concept of storytelling, the ebbs and flows, the roller coaster ride that it is, and how that it can't just be boom, 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 boom. You got to pause yeah. and let it breathe. You know, you got to give it some space. What makes drama and conflict? You know, what pulls out human emotions? What characters, you know, people latch on to? All of that stuff. So, abs- absolutely. I mean, through really, I mean, I, I did the apprenticeship method, you know, I taught, I learned under documentary filmmakers and then I just went and started trying to make my own, my own projects. Then I was able to start getting clients as I, as I went on. And the more and more you do it, the more and more you understand what makes people tick and what stories unlock certain things from people. So 100% that, that helping me, me with my speaking and, and understanding how to deliver a speech because a speech you know, in itself is a journey is a story you're taking people on. Like yeah. that's, it has its own ebbs and flows. Right. So you, you do that, that first gig in the, the basement of the, of the public library, just a free gig. Um, was that, was that where you, you really started to make the mental shift of like, okay, I want to do more of this or that happened before. And then the library was kind of the first thing you booked or what was yeah. that kind of timeline? Like totally. So, uh, that was Okay. I love this too, because here's where things started to, to click for me is, it, is, you know, you can't wish it to, into existence. Maybe something happens by fortune or luck, but you've got to make a plan to do it, right? And so this was the first instance of me like setting a target, long, you know, like a long-term plan. So that I just decided, I already decided I want to start doing more of this. This is yeah. a way that I can help people. I had a new business, et cetera, et cetera. I had a premise and a thesis and thoughts that I wanted to, to get out there in the world. In April, I saw an ad for a nonprofit communicator conference that was happening one mile from my house in Durham, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to go to that and we're going to try to meet people and we're going to learn. And I did. I made some connections. You know, one or two of the people were on my podcast. Nothing really, no clients came from it that day, but I got on their email list. When their emails come out, because they did uh, luncheons in the fall, like free like workshop luncheons, and they uh, surveyed the people on their list, like, hey, what would be some good topics? I was like, hmm, what about storytelling for nonprofit, video storytelling for nonprofits, what I do? And they're like, yes, in all caps. So I got that. Now, my real goal was to get the conference gig the next year, get in there, not being pushy and jumping out the gate like, hey, I'm nobody that you know, but let me speak at your conference. Yeah. But I, you know, I saw an opportunity. I got the free gig, knocked it out of the park. Cause at the end of the day, you still got to do, you still got to do your job well, right. Yeah. To be invited back. 
And I didn't even have to mention it. The director asked me at the end of the free comp, you know, free workshop, if I would wanted to speak at the conference the next year. So uh, that was the first time that I had set a, a plan, a course into action and like saw it happen and saw the dominoes just fall down. And I was like, Oh, there's a strategy to this. Like, it's yeah. not just, Oh, Hey, you know, rain, you know, he's a speaker. I will say though, putting it out there too was a, was a huge thing. Like letting people know this is a way I'm serving people now, like putting it out there to the public, like I'm speaking now, but, but getting that first one was huge. It also allowed me to take the steps to get my website ready to start doing, like I said, uh, outward marketing, outward communication about what I'm doing now. And then the, you know, the big, the first big success that I had that, that $10,000, uh, keynote, um, that next year in the summer, they came to me, they came to my website. So all of these things were put into place, but it wasn't until I realized that like, okay, I have to take certain steps to make this happen. Yeah. I can't just say, I want to be a speaker. I know it sounds silly, but it's like a lot of us do it. I want to be a writer. I want to be a speaker and have these dreams, but don't, they don't put the steps forward. You know, you got to establish your goal and then work your way backwards so you can find out what's the next step I take. Right. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, I, I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start. Let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. You mentioned that just putting yourself out there and letting people know what it is that you do really moves the needle and has really helped you. So I'm curious for you, two things. One, how did you go about doing that? Because it's one thing for someone to, you know, it's easy for us to say like, oh, just put yourself out there. It's like, yeah, what does that mean though? So for what sure. did that look like for you? And then how did that actually help move the needle? Absolutely. Uh, and you're, you're very, uh, you're very right about that. I mean, and so I don't want to be vague about it. Uh, social media is the first and like easiest way, like to, to, to start to make it a hybrid of my personal life and, and what I'm professionally doing. But I also started writing around this point and I had, you know, telling, telling my stories, being vulnerable and sharing my stories. Now I had the opportunity and got published by Huffington post at the end of 2017 that led to a local publication uh, column, a weekly column, which I'm still doing. I've probably done 150 entries over the past, you know, two and a half, three years. And the goal of that was to open up the curtains and show, you know, be vulnerable and show people what, what I've been doing and the, the, the missteps I've taken, the struggles that I've dealt with, the obstacles that I've overcome telling my story. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, that was a huge key just opening up and being honest and vulnerable and telling people like, just putting it out, you know, telling people what you want to do. A lot of times you'll see people tweet just like, Hey, this is just an accountability, accountability tweet that I'm putting out there. I want to do this by January. Mm -hmm. And people support that. Like people, 
people, people want to see other people win, you know, yeah. but if you can be vulnerable and not arrogant about it and be honest and transparent, that to me has been one of the keys that unlocked a lot of things. Gotcha. So, uh, so you do that first public library gig and just going like, okay, this is awesome. I want to do more of this. Um, how do you kind of figure out what was the process like for you to figure out who you would speak to and what is the problem that you would solve? Because that's a, it's a challenge for so many, uh, speakers is you just feel like it's kind of like if you said, I want to be a filmmaker. It was like, that can look a lot of different ways. But if you say I make action and I make romance and I make comedy and I make documentaries, it's just kind of like, I don't know if you can be good at any, uh, at any one of those things by trying to do all of the things. So mm -hmm. how did you figure out for you? this is who I speak to and this is the problem that I solve. Absolutely. Great question. So true. Um, first of all, it's figuring out like what I call, I, I went through this process. I use this now to help people called finding your unique intersections. I had a coach and mentor that helped me do this. And that's that point in 2017 where I was like, Oh, you know, health and fitness and storytelling and, and artists can actually go together in a really unique way. So that allowed me to carve out a lane of people that I could, could serve in a certain capacity. In terms of speaking, that is something that took me a while to, to learn. And it's something that's currently uh, constantly evolving, I, I would say. And I'll be honest with you, because um, I think that you say this in the book too, but you know, a lot of what you say in the beginning of, of any speaker lab materials is establishing those categories that people speak to. And mine landed on associations. And that made so much more sense because I'm not the, the storytelling speaker that at this point in my career, I'll say, but maybe ever, you know, because of my lane that I've carved for myself and my personal unique experiences that give me my unique take on storytelling. I'm not at Coca-Cola, you know, corporate events talking to, to them. I'm at National Association of Realtors. I'm at U.S. Sailing. I'm at this uh, Triangle Nonprofits, right? I'm at these groups of people who are one uh, trying to grow their communities and connect with other people. And that's a major result of good storytelling is growing and strengthening communities. And so um, could I speak to the educational crowd? Sure. I mean, there's a possibility there, corporate crowd. Sure. And I do some of that. A lot of the association events lead to corporate workshops that I do internally, yeah. but that's really where I land, uh, land now. And, and, uh, and you know, your, your course helped me with that. Well, how did you first come across uh, the Speaker Lab? How did we come into the mix? You know, when when I decided I wanted to be a speaker, you know, more like a, a real speaker, <laughs> right? Um, I, I, you know, you got to do your due diligence. Like I, I just started absorbing as much information as I could, reading every book I could, articles, making Google Google alerts on my Gmail so that I get things about, you know, storytelling speakers or whatever, learning who, who the other people were. Yep. And then, um, and then I found the podcast. I found the speaker lab podcast. I'm not sure what led me to that could have been Pat Flynn episode or something like that. But like, I saw that connection, looked at the episode. I remember this too. I remember where I was. I was in DC work. This is funny tangent working on a video for a nonprofit that was rebranding that that job came from uh, the, the nonprofit gig that I was talking about side note, tangent. Cool. but anyway, but I, I, that's where I found it. And I was walking, uh, to get some lunch in DC and I, I saw the show or I heard the episode and I looked at, at, um, you know, on, on iTunes or on Apple podcasts, you can see like, see all episodes. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking at the, um, at the, uh, episode titles. I was like, Oh, and I just started downloading like seven or eight of them. And, and I was just, uh, 
saving them for later to, to listen to because all the topics were like, oh, I want to know how to speak to, to uh, you know, high schools. I want to know how to, you know, <laughs> what to charge for my uh, speaker fee, all that stuff. So that's where I found it and, uh, and just became a, a listener at that point. Very cool. So uh, once you are starting to, to figure out, like you get clear on, I want to speak to associations. I want to help them on storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. It could potentially lead to other projects. What are you doing at that point to be able to find and book gigs? Where do you, where do you go from there? Struggling. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm still at the point where uh, I'm not sure how to make it a business, right? I, you know, I'm not sure how to, I knew that setting up a plan would do it. And so I was doing little, little steps, right? Getting the website ready, getting some jobs here and there. When I got the jobs, making sure I got great video, you know, and photos taken, taken, uh, taken of the event so I could use it in my material. But, you know, I'm struggling with what a lot of people are struggling. I'm, I'm running a business. I'm making creative films. I'm, I'm uh, raising a family. I'm writing a book. Like I just didn't have the, the time to consistently do it. I, and learn the business of it. Yeah. That's what I was struggling with. And so this is the problem that ultimately led me to seek out the course after, after hearing about it on the podcast was because I was like, all right, Rain, like you've done this a few times now. You get great feedback every time you do a great feedback. I, at this point, like my confidence is high. I know I'm good. I know I can do this and I know it works. I know it helps people and I know it generates more leads for me and everybody ends up happier. How do I make this happen consistently while I'm juggling all these other things? That's a, that's a problem I still struggle with Grant, every day. And so I debated, I debated, you know, I, I, I was hearing about the, the course and I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I should do it. You know, I, cause I'm, t- I'm naturally just one of those like tough it out, grind it out type sure. of guys, but you can't rely on discipline alone. You just can't, especially, especially when you're trying to do other things. And so you know, 2019 was a, was a great year for, for my speaking. 2020 started, started off, uh, started off great probably for everybody. Um, and so that was, it was the beginning of this year when I was like, all right, no more playing around. You got this, you're good at it. It, It's, it's working. You know, what do you got to do to make it happen more often and, and consistently sustainably so that you can project into the future and see what, what might happen. And that's what you can build off of, you know, just wishing and hoping and getting a gig here and there is not a system. Right. And I've learned through my life and work that it's all about that plan and that system. And that's what made me seek out the, uh, the course at the, you know, made that choice. I think it was January, you know, end of January of, of this year. And then you know, a month later, the world flipped upside down. So what did you do since then? Since uh, we, we op- again, we opened that loop earlier. So you've got some momentum, things are going okay. Uh, and then the world decides to close uh, and still to be determined what's going to happen from here. So what happened? What are the pivots that you made that have worked yeah. out well for you? This, this was a big moment. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say that I felt bad and I empathize with all my uh, speaker friends that I had made that were full-time speakers because that was a, that was a big blow. Yeah. Uh, for me, fortunately, uh, my main source of revenue is my video production is, is, is documentary films. And so, uh, all the traveling I had done recently shooting content for clients was in the can and I had months of editing work to do, uh, uh ahead of me so I could do that at home. And my speaking career, you know, wasn't this thing where I was, you know, banking on it just yet. It was extra. It's been extra for me the past year and a half or so. Um, But I didn't want to lose that momentum. I just, you know, invested in a new course. This was my year, right? I wanted to make it happen this year. 
And I gotta, I gotta give credit to Eric on this, man. Like Eric is, <laughs> first of all, let me pause and say like, I love all your team. Like, you know, uh, you're great. Rick, I love with all my heart, but, and Eric has got to be one of the most uh, transparent people that I've seen in terms of just putting out the steps that he takes to achieve something, which I, is great. It's invaluable. And I remember he was talking about uh, how he, how he pivoted to virtual and literally, I think I probably took his like transcript on this. Um, as he talked about how he proposed his virtual presentations to existing clients yeah. when you can't go wide or things are, you know, it's always better to go deep with the clients that deeper with the clients that you already have. And he said, you know, he basically told us, I think it was on a podcast or one of the videos that like, you know, what he said to clients, what he charged, you know, the percentage of his normal rate, et cetera, et cetera. I stopped that right that moment. And the last keynote that I did before this all happened was in February for us sailing it was in san diego for about 500 sailors it was amazing i mean amazing keynote i got off of that with such a buzz and then you know we crashed yep. so i reached out to them i reached out to other clients and said uh hey i'm developing this um you know i've heard from other clients that they're needing uh you know material content like this i'm developing a presentation about how to you know use storytelling to connect um, in this in the pandemic in this virtual environment because the sailing uh, organizations all over the country they're suffering like everybody is like right. everything's upside down for people they don't know how to go forward so um, that was the first the first thing that I did and they weren't they did pick up on it they weren't able to do to to pay for it and so I said okay well. Let's just make it like a, an ask me anything, a live Q&A, because then I don't have to prep for it really that much sure. and I can justify it. And then people followed up with story coaching uh, from that gig. So story coaching is one thing I started to do, which picked up the slack and that picked up in a, in a major way. One-on-one -on -one Zoom calls, just yep. helping people tell their stories. And then what, what, really, what really did it was I have a client that I've worked with for 10 years. This is the part about going deeper with the clients you already have a relationship with. And I've created documentary films for them for, for 10 years and video content. Well, we were forced to pivot. We couldn't travel, as, as I, I said earlier. And this idea, this concept of how can we, how can we continue to make content for people to, this is a cancer foundation, to raise awareness and, 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 and educate people on this rare cancer now that we can't create these videos that we've been creating for so long. Yeah. And that shifted into this virtual weekly talk show where I'm the host and it's a weekly speaking gig. It's a weekly moderating hosting gig where I host uh, experts in this rare cancer and I play, you know, I play the part of the, the, the everyday, you know, the, the lay person, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the moderator and I help field the questions. And uh, that's something they were able to get a corporate sponsor for, which, you know, helped help them and paid for, paid for the series. And now from right here where I'm sitting, where I'm talking to you, I just got this on Thursdays from 12 to 1. I just, I just got done shooting a couple of hours ago doing this project, which allows me to speak every week with a different person to roughly the same audience, but continue to get better at pre presenting. That's what it is. Um, that absolutely like saved me and is a creative way that we may not even go back from. I mean, this is reaching thousands of people around the world. If they did a conference or created a video and tried to reach that many people, there's no, it would cost so much money right. to reach a fraction of the people and we're able to do it just from a quick Zoom call. So, um, 
thinking of creative ways that you can still serve the audience and still serve the audience in the way that you do. Um, but finding a different vehicle, I think was, was, is crucial for anybody. And it, and it, it saved me. Yeah. Very cool. So it sounds like, you know, in the, the, you're still just, um, you know, a couple of years or even less than into your journey maybe. and you're still figuring it out. You're still making pivots and adjustments, totally. uh, as you're figuring it out yourself, but also like as the world is shifting and, and markets are evolving. So what advice would you give to someone who is maybe where you were two years ago or, or is in the thick of it now and saying, you know, I started around the same time and I'm wondering what to do and how to pivot and where do we go from here? And so what would you say to that speaker who's still just trying to, at, at any stage, trying to build that momentum up? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so much of it is psychological. Um, one of the key takeaways from uh, one of my keynotes, even though we're talking about video marketing and video storytelling is, is inaction is the enemy. Like so many people for so many reasons don't take action because either they're, they're scared of failure, they have analysis paralysis, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. The first thing, like, the first thing you got to do is just, just start, just go for it. And a lot of why, a lot of the reasons why we as people struggle with that is things like imposter syndrome, things like, uh, you know, seeing people that have had success doing it and thinking they have something that we don't. When I started speaking and, and meeting mentors of mine in the storytelling and the speaking space, I realized they're not different from me at all. Hmm. They've just been doing it longer, Right. They just have had a plan and they started sooner and they've been doing it longer. There's no innate inherent superpower that they have that I don't have. And a lot of people think that it sounds silly, but a lot of people think that. So the first thing is believe in yourself, like yeah. believe in yourself, think about who you're trying to serve and then find ways to do that easy, you know, find easy, small wins just to get you going. Cause that's going to build your confidence. And as a speaker, I mean, I would argue in anything, confidence is, is such a, a, a huge part of it. But as a speaker, you've got to know that you're great at what you do. Yeah. You can't have the, you're always going to have those voices in your head, but you got the only way you can combat them is by saying, no, I help those people. They tell me that I help them. They tell me that I'm good. I'm good. So start small, like be open to connection and opportunity. Start where you can. You know, when I saw that nonprofit ad, you know, for the conference come across my Facebook page and it was a mile from me, you got to take action. I bought a ticket that day yeah. and I went to it and I started, I planted the seeds of a plan that took, I mean, ultimately uh, another year to, 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 to yield. Right. I mean, I got the, the, I got the luncheon gig, but that wasn't the real goal. The real goal was to get at the conference the following year, which I did because yeah. I nailed that. So the, the basement gig was just a step in the process. So you just got to start and start now and start where, when, and how you can. Baby steps, baby. Baby steps. Yeah. Very well said. Rain, thanks for the time, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, if people Absolutely. want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where, where can we go? Yeah, man. Easiest place is rainbennett.com. Uh, there's not a lot of rains or rain bennets in the world. So on any of the social media platforms, you can probably find me and stop by. I live this. I love this. I'm happy to talk to people. Even now uh, in the pandemic, I've been offering free consultation calls to get us started and see if we want to work together. But I love this stuff. Stop by and say hello and say what's up. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate it. Thank you, brother.
All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab Podcast. And before you take off, don't forget if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review within iTunes. We read every single one of those. It helps it helps other people to find the show. Listen, we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these. We don't have any ads or anything. We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.